0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 9th of October 2016, entitled A Missed Opportunity. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'd like to begin by reading Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and then we'll go back and do some further reading in just a moment. I invite you to stand this morning to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word taken from Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, How shall we escape, if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? Father, thank You again this morning for this time that You've given us together. Now Lord, as we look into Your Word, we realize, Lord, our inability, and recognize that, Lord, it's only through You that anything can be spoken here this morning that will be of any real significance. Father, we know that you knew each individual that would be here when you laid this message upon our hearts. You know the need of every heart. And, Father, it's now that we ask you to speak as only you can speak, not that we would speak words of wisdom of man here this morning, but by the power of your Spirit you may speak to the hearts that those in need may respond in whatever way is necessary. We will give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning on a simple thought that I've simply entitled A Missed Opportunity. Now, I realize that probably in our society today, when we think about missed opportunities and people tend to use that terminology, that in most cases it's because of the opportunity of some kind of material or financial gain. In other words, if you buy this right now, it is a great opportunity, but if you miss this chance, you'll never get this chance again. If you get in on the ground floor, you're going to miss this opportunity of business if you don't get in right now before everybody else does. Because so many times, you know, we make up our minds maybe that uh, we need a new automobile, We're going to go out, we're going to buy a car, and we've made up our minds now that we're going to, and suddenly that day you begin to look when you haven't earnestly looked before, and you maybe spot this car. But suddenly in your mind, if you miss that opportunity, there's not going to be another. Now, it doesn't matter that there's hundreds of thousands of cars that are sold every day, and if you go out there and look, there's going to be plenty for you to buy, but suddenly you're going to miss that opportunity if you don't get that one right now. But I want to talk to you this morning about an opportunity that far exceeds any kind of material or financial opportunities that we may consider the greatest opportunity of a lifetime. And I believe that the opportunity that I want to talk to you about this morning, whether you are here as a born-again believer or whether you are here as an unbeliever that have never made that step in your life, I hope that there will be something from God's Word can find a resting place in your heart. You see, there are opportunities that once missed, they may never return again. You may never have the chance at that again. The Bible is giving us a word of caution here. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to We ought to listen more carefully to this. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We ought to be very careful here to listen very carefully and to take heed to the things that we have heard unless they slip from us. What for? You know, that word there that begins this chapter is the word Therefore. We'll the still saying, therefore is always therefore a reason. Therefore, as a result of what? Well, because of the things that he said before and after, the things that have been said to us already in chapter one. We find that if we go back and we look at this passage, turn back with me and just listen as we read, therefore what? Well. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. In bygone years God spoke to us. We have the Old Testament. We have all those words that God used to speak to us through those prophets. But he says hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Everything prior to Jesus Christ's coming was a prophecy looking to his coming and that's the way God spoke to us through these prophets of old, and it was all pointing to His Son that was going to be coming. But now, in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. In other words, God used his prophets of old to speak to our hearts, to point us to this one called Jesus. Now Jesus has come. And he, just in these simple couple of verses here, he makes it clear that Jesus is the one He is the heir of all things. He is the creator of all things. He is the express image of God himself. And he's now, after coming to do what was necessary to purge us of our sins, is set down on the right hand of majesty on high. God willing, come back at 6 o'clock this evening. That's the part we're going to be looking at then, the ascended Lord and what that means to us. But he goes on here. Notice what he says about Jesus, about this one. He says, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son? This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him as a father and he shall be to me as a son. Nobody else even in heaven ever had those words spoken to them. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and that all the angels of God worship him. Everything in heaven, all those angels, Worshipping this one called Jesus. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels' spirits and in his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever. But unto the Son, who says? God says to his Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. O scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy felons. And Thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. All that was created, all the earth, everything that's there, it was created by his hands, but he says in verse 11, they shall perish, but thou remainest. All that was created by him will perish, but he remains. And they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? And they are not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, (laughs) if this is the case, you see, because of who Jesus is, because of what we would be without him, because of all these things that we've just read about him, because of that, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompensive reward... How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect, if we miss this opportunity, if this is a missed opportunity? We ought to be listening very, very carefully to what we've heard here because if we miss this opportunity, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, there is no escape. There is no other answer. If we miss this, we miss everything. Everything else was created by him. He's the one that upholds it all. And yet, so many don't know him. He came to purge you of your sin. So that you, we we again, we, we, we seem to keep coming back to this so many times. There is only one place that life exists. Life exists in God. God created all this living Away from God, there is no life. Sin separates us from God. Death is the nonexistence of life. There's only one place we can live, and that's with Him. And that's what if we miss this opportunity, there's nothing else. There's nowhere else to go. I want to give you three simple truths here that we find in this verse this morning. You see, first of all, he says, he says, we ought We ought, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. I'm not going to give you an an English class, and especially not going to try to give you a Greek class this morning because I'd make a fool of myself. But may I say to you that this pronoun that that is used here is one that is a personal plural pronoun. In other words, the writer, it includes himself, But more importantly, it includes us today. It's a truth that's not just applicable to one or to one group at a time. We, all of us, everybody, ought to take heed. You see, the first thing we find is a truth that must be applied. It's a a truth that everyone must apply. It's something like... You know, we look around us and not a one of us can physically see gravity. But we certainly see the results of gravity and the consequences of of gravity. But gravity is a law. And it's there. And you can do absolutely nothing whatsoever about it. You see, I don't know if anybody here this morning is game, but if we wanted to go down into the city center, climb to the top of one of those tall buildings... Just oof, jump to see how long it would take us to hit the bottom. The law of gravity is going to make sure you hit the bottom. And it really is not going to matter whether you're as small and tiny as I am or whether you're massive and huge. and It doesn't matter. The law of gravity is going to take you there because that is a law that cannot be changed. And may I say, that's what he's saying to us here. look. <laughs> God has spoken to us in a lot of ways. But most recently, he's spoken to us through his son. He makes sure that we know that that son is the incarnate God. I know. (laughs) I know. We we never, ever, ever, ever can fully get our heads around the triunity of God and all that it is, but God himself calls his son God here. God is making it absolutely sure that we understand that God created all that is, and Jesus Christ was the one that did it saying to us that if we really consider and understand who Jesus Christ is, you see, that's why so many times we use these terms so flippantly, we talk about knowing Christ and knowing Jesus Christ. The problem is many people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. We find that this is a law, an absolute law. It's a truth that must be applied. We ought, every one of us ought. Therefore we ought to what? What is it? To give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. The more earnest heed. He's trying to get our attention. As I was reading this and I was pondering it, and studying it, and praying over it, I was thinking of the fact that Sometimes we might be, I don't know if you've ever experienced it. I hope you haven't, but I have to admit before God, I have. You're driving down the road in your car, you're sitting there, and and all of a sudden, you know, one of the things they check you when you get your license is to make sure you keep looking at those rearview mirrors and those side view mirrors to make sure you know what's going on behind you. One of the greatest dreads when you look in that mirror, you see something blue flashing. And maybe your first thought is, Oh, it's after somebody else and he's just trying to get around me. (laughs) You're really hoping then. And so maybe you you slow down a little bit, but nope, he doesn't pull out and go around you. He's still there behind you and that light is still flashing and maybe the siren is going and uh, you figure maybe I ought to pull over because you see this guy looks like he might be getting a little bit impatient because you're not listening. It's kind of like when we went out to do Panos and Amber's wedding in Las Vegas and we were heading across the desert. And I admit, there's nothing out there to make you feel how fast you're going. And we were just talking and had our minds on many, many, many other things. And, and all of a sudden, I looked up and I saw that. The problem was when I pulled over, this state trooper gets out. And I mean, he's unsnapping the thing on his side arm and he's coming up. And I'm trying to, why is this guy so nervous of me, you know? Find found out when he got up there, he said, why didn't you stop? I said, I did. He said, I've been following you for miles. <laughs> I guess I hadn't been looking in my rearview mirror enough. <laughs> We'd been talking and looking ahead at all this nothingness out there. and But he was a little concerned because I hadn't stopped. But this guy stops. And, you know, we just kind of transform into another person when that happens. First, you know, he may come up and ask you for your driver's license to make sure that you're supposed to be driving that car. You present your driver's license and he looks at it and that's okay. And then maybe he wants your proof of insurance or something else. And you're going through all this stuff and man, you checklist, you're just coming right down there. You think, well, maybe this is okay. Maybe he's just wanting to, to make sure I'm who I'm supposed to be and all that stuff. But then he asks you the question, sir, do you realize you were speeding? Do you know what the speed limit is here? And you know, you just you put on your most innocent look that you could possibly. Those, what do they call them, those, those, those those puppy dog eyes, you just look up and bat your eyes, what, 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 sir? <laughs> I, I didn't know I was speeding. <laughs> and he says, well, he says, the speed limit was 40 and you were doing 60. You were speeding. But I, I didn't see that speed limit sign. Well, number one, ignorance is never an excuse. <laughs> ignorance of the law is no excuse you're responsible to know what that law is. If you're out there driving, you are responsible to know what's going on with it. And so he proceeds to write you out one of those dreaded slips because he says, I'm not kidding. You're not kidding? No, this is serious business. You see, there is not only a truth that must be applied. You not only have to know the truth, take heed to what you've heard, but there's a responsibility that goes with it, a responsibility that must be acknowledged. When you hear that truth, that truth is clear to you, then you have to acknowledge the responsibility that goes with it. You see, we get into a lot of things here that theologians have been trying to figure out not just years, I mean, you know, tens and twenties and centuries even, you know, is God's part and man's part and all this stuff in it. I had somebody, somebody told me earlier this week when we got into a few political discussions. And I told him, I said, you know, it's not often that I can get into these because I have to be very careful what I say from the pulpit and I have to be very careful. I said, you know, I said, nobody can look on my Facebook page and have any earthly idea what my political leanings are because I, I have to be very careful there. But now, if you want to know, and I can get very passionate about my politics. As we were discussing that, he said, "You know," he said, "He said, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to know whether you're a Republican or a Democrat." I said, "Well, sometimes for me to want to be the one, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> and and if there's ever been a time for that, right now is the time for it." But uh, but he said, "Sometimes they don't know," and I said, "I said that's nothing." I said, "It's like I said." You know, I can remember some of our young people when they used to go off to the Banner Conference and they'd get into some of these really theological discussions over there about their pastors, you know. And uh, I was told by some that they used to try to figure out, you know, because some of them would say that that pastor was a Calvinist, another would say that pastor was an Armenian, and they just had no earthly idea of what I was. And I said, that's good. You know? I, said, I said, because I don't really care if I fit into to, to man's ideas or not, but uh, I said, I just want to preach the truth. And I said, sometimes it may sound like one thing, and some, because I said, most of them aren't wrong in every area, but I got news for you. I said, I'm not a very good either one, to tell you the truth, and, uh, and so that's why they can't figure it out. Well, I think a lot of times in our dealings with God, uh, you know, people are going to have trouble figuring us out, <laughs> figuring out who we are. But the thing that we have to be very, very conscious about is that when God comes to us and he gives us his law, his truth, this is the greatest truth. You know, it's it's great. I don't like being ignorant about things. I have to admit I am ignorant about some things, and I'm ignorant about some things more than others. But it's, you know, it's not out of wanting to. And I can't find where God gives any brownie points or crowns or anything for ignorance when we get to heaven one day. Matter of fact, he encourages us greatly to know his word, to know the knowledge that he gives to us. But he says here that because of who Jesus Christ is, you better be very careful. You better pay attention to what you've heard. Because if you neglect this, what are you going to do? It's an opportunity that you'll never have anywhere else. You see, no law is made to be broken. It's made to be obeyed, but people break it. When we know the truth, and he tells us the truth will set us free, but that truth has to be applied. There is a truth that we need to know. But we've also got to acknowledge the responsibilities that go along with it. Because he goes on here and he says to us, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let what slip? Let the truths that we've heard, the things that are there, to let them slip. You see, there is this truth that has got to be applied. And when it's applied, there's the responsibility. This must be acknowledged. And, and, and the, I guess the thing that I was simply trying to say this, you know, wherever you come from in the spectrum of God's part and man's part, I can tell you this much I know with absolute certainty. God will get his part right. And I promise you that he will never ever ever get it wrong and i know this i know that we're saved by grace and that's all it is it's totally undeserved and i know that it's faith that's the only thing that can get us there it's the only path to get us to god's grace for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god lest any man should boast We can't take any credit in this faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. No. Unless the Father draws, no man cometh. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Don't miss the opportunity not to first of all apply the truth that God has given to you and acknowledge the responsibilities that go along with that. You see, we are responsible for our sin, not God. And we are responsible for the consequences of that sin. And the consequences of sin is that it separates you from God. All is sin and comes short of the glory of God. We all miss that. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't miss the opportunity that God gives to you when you hear the truth to accept responsibility for that truth and what goes along with it, that you alone can acknowledge your sin and admit that you're a sinner. You alone can go to God and pray and ask for mercy, a mercy that only He can give to you, a mercy that He will give to you through His Son, Jesus Christ, because of what Christ did for you. That's what He came, to purge you of your sins, because there's a great danger here to be avoided, the truth has to be applied, the responsibility has to be acknowledged, because there's a danger to be avoided, lest at any time we should let them slip. You see, it's better to know what can happen, and to be able to watch and recognize and see the traps before we get there. We were talking in Bible study this morning, you know, Satan wants to destroy. He wants to devour whoever you are. He's the great enemy. It's better to see the trap before you get there than to wait till after you've got your foot in it and it's got you caught, then try to get out of it. So many times we wait till we get in trouble and then we want to get out. God wants you to avoid that. Some of you I'm sure have been and I was reminded of this because as I was writing down these notes, of course, there were many the last few days, there were many pictures on the, on the news of all those that have been caught in the wake of this hurricane that's going up the, the southeastern coast, and, and of course many friends in that part of the, the, the world and whatnot, and they show these pictures and being flooded out and, 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 and so many of them being underwater and their whole livelihoods being taken from them and even some their lives. But I was kind of thinking, you know, it's like the warnings were given. They said, this thing is coming, and it's very dangerous, and you need to leave and go to higher ground. But many chose not to heed those warnings. There was a genuine danger that they were told was there, and yet they chose for whatever reasons that they weren't going to leave, that they weren't going to heed those warnings. Sometimes we may be traveling down the road in that same car again and we may come to some warning signs, detours, because a bridge is out. If you keep going that way then there's danger. Well, it's kind of a foolish thing to keep going in the exact direction that you've been warned that the danger lies. If you don't do anything about it, there are consequences that you might have to suffer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat." Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, we've looked at that passage in detail before, but let me just remind you. None of those people thought they were heading for destruction. Those weren't people that decided, yes, I want that destruction that lies ahead. No, there's a broad way that the majority of them go. It's a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof is the destruction that lies at the end of that that broad road. Man's ways. He says straight is the way. Narrow is the gate. I I mean, it's a small way. They think that we're being unkind and unloving and all these things because we say that no... All of our religions aren't trying to serve the same God and get to the same place. We're not doing anybody any favors by saying there's any other way other than the narrow way which is Jesus Christ. But he came to save all that all could save. He came, the Bible says, to be the propitiation of our sins but not for our sins only but for the sins of the whole world. There was nothing weak about the sacrifice. But we find that he? He says, we, all of us, ought to be giving the more earnest heed. We ought to be listening very, very, very carefully here because there's a danger of it slipping away, of you missing the opportunity. Folks, God loves you. Maybe God's got you here this morning because He wants to give you the greatest opportunity your life. You see, salvation is simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy to admit you're a sinner. It's not easy to turn your back on everything that you've known and the life that you've known and turn your life over to someone else to lead you, to guide you, to direct your path. It's not easy. It's not easy day by day to avoid all of those pitfalls and things that are out there. It's simple, but it's not easy. That's why none of us could do it alone. It's only with Jesus Christ. That's the only way that any of us can accomplish. That's the only way that any of us can do it. You see, he's telling you there, Jesus said, hey, even when it comes to this matter of where you're headed for eternity and the path that you're on, be careful, the majority of the people are going the wrong way. The majority of people are on some religious road They know about Jesus, many of them, but a lot of them don't know Jesus. God hasn't made it hard for you. He hasn't made it confusing for you. You ought to pay the more earnest heed to what we've heard about Jesus here and what He came to do for you. Because if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you neglect obtaining that salvation, he goes on to say here, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of war, if, if all those had to answer for everything, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which yes, at first was spoken by the Lord, <laughs> and then by those that heard Him. If we neglect that salvation. We neglect what we have that will give us an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we're trading our eternal souls for a bowl of pottage. (laughs) It's not very good business. You may miss a lot of opportunities in life, but this is one you don't want to miss. And I do know this for sure. You can't Get saved on your terms. It's the Holy Spirit that draws you. It's the Holy Spirit. Without God, you wouldn't even know that you were a sinner. You certainly have no desire to be right with God. So many times, there's that spectrum that wants you to pray some little prayer, sign some little card, or get baptized, or join the church, or do all these little things just to be okay with God. And the truth is, none of that. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ and that alone. God doesn't make it hard to understand. But there's only one way to get there. That's Jesus Christ and Him alone. And we need to listen very carefully. Nobody else. When you have that truth and hear that truth, that truth must be applied and you must acknowledge the responsibilities that go along with it. It is God that has done everything for your salvation, but it's your responsibility to admit that you're a sinner and to recognize that only Jesus Christ. God's done everything for you. He's given you that. But Christians, it also can apply to us too by neglecting this great salvation that we have been given. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, he says, Wherefore, my beloved as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. For us, it's not the loss of our souls. Not even just the loss of rewards. And I think it'll be a shameful thing to stand before the Lord one day and not have anything to offer to him. It's the very loss of purpose in our lives. That's, that's why we're here. That's why you're here and I'm here, not because we're better off for it, but that Christ's work might be done through us. All of us will be better off in heaven. God has a purpose for each and every one of you. As Christians, we also ought to be giving the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard who Jesus is, what he's about, what he's done in our lives. And that'll affect everything about us, the way we live our lives and who we live our lives for, the, the purpose that we're here for. What are we doing with those lives that he's given us? We don't need more religion in this world. But God in heaven knows we need some people that are sold out for Jesus Christ, that will be used of Christ in whatever capacity that he wants church. I know We can get discouraged by all the bleakness around us and we can look at nobody cares and nobody wants to do anything but the truth is we just read it. Jesus Christ he's the one that's on the throne. He's there at the right hand of God the Father. We find that you and I are his mouthpieces. Let us be those mouthpieces. Let us be used of God. Let our let our lives count for something. We're going to sing a closing hymn that, again, it's familiar words to most of us, but sometimes they can almost become too familiar. When I survey the wondrous cross. When you survey the wondrous cross and all the truths that that portrays to you today, what does it do to I can only beg you, plead with you. You might miss a lot of opportunities. You might miss a lot of opportunities for a lot of good deals, for a lot of things that will affect your life in all kind of different ways. Today, you need to listen very carefully to what you've heard about Jesus and what Jesus came to do for you. Because I promise you, folks, you don't want to miss this opportunity. You don't want to put it off to another day. You don't want to hope that there's another chance. God's given you a chance. You're the only one that can apply those truths to your life and accept and acknowledge the responsibilities that goes with it. Lost person, will you do that today? I can't save you. Boy, if I could, I would, and I'd do it in a heartbeat. But I know Jesus can and Jesus will. So if you need to come today, we're happy to talk with you. We're happy to answer your questions. We're happy to pray with you. Right now, or following the service of whenever it's come for you. Don't put it off and leave and not do something about it. Christian, we need to pay the more earnest heed, all of us, to what we've heard about Jesus Christ. We need to acknowledge the responsibilities that go along with that to live our lives accordingly.